Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Jennifer and Wendy Show on this Thursday, February 29th. Wendy Weiss is back. Morning, Wendy. Hello. Connor McCarthy is here as well. Good morning, Connor. Good morning. And your microphone is open. That's the Royal Banks, Missouri. Text line 84126. And we'd love to hear from you throughout our show. Uh, Ken Warren will join us, Dr. Ken Warren from St. Louis University. And we'll talk about today, Republicans without a party. There's, I mean, it's a huge issue for people, you know, who feel like I don't want to vote for the former president, but I am not going to vote for the current president. So, uh, yeah, if you have a question for Ken Warren, he'll be joining us in about five minutes. Uh, 84126. We'd love to hear from you. Ike Jachi joins us from ABC News at 1050. And then Greg Willard will join us at 1108 today. We always love hearing from the professor about Donald Trump and the Supreme Court and the latest goings on there. So you were gone for three days. How were your three days off? They were just wonderful. I think, you know, I, I think that we don't we don't say enough about staycations. I think there are benefits Benefits to be enjoyed, but I just feel really rested. I woke up with like drool this morning, <laughs> so it was, it was it was great. I got a lot done um, because I have been trying, as I think I've explained to you, because we've certainly talked about it on the air and off the air, but trying to get a handle on this this housekeeping thing because we are empty nesters. We have a lot of house. Kind of. For two people, sort of, yeah. We have our little babies, but um, I, I, we've got a lot of house for two people. And I have been calling and talking to folks for several months now, and I am just not going to pay what some of them are. I'm. I love a challenge. And especially when I know I can do something mm-hmm. and especially when so many of us who have even had people coming in to clean aren't satisfied because what's the what's the needlepoint pillow for all time? Nobody can do it the way I would I would want it done or mm-hmm. the way I can do it. Um, but I was a, a, a neighbor across the street paid over $300. Their house is the same size as to have their house clean, to have their house clean. Well, there's a big house. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not doing, I'm just not doing that. So I think I have moved a little bit closer to cracking the code. It can be done, but I think my problem has always been that I didn't keep track of where I left off. Oh, cleaning. Cleaning. Mm-hmm. It's so, funny. I, I find it therapeutic. It, it really is. It absolutely is. But what would confuse me is if something shiny distracts me over here, then I forget, okay, did I do the windows in this room or did I just do the furniture or the, you know. So keeping a housekeeping journal. Now, I know <clears throat> that that sounds like something from the 1950s. It sounds like Martha Stewart. But it really, it really makes a difference. It does. I had a friend, Wendy, in California who pointed out to me that while cleaning, having a checklist like that is good. And then just focusing on one room at a time. Maybe you only do one room at a time. Right. You know, a day. Yeah. And then move on to the next one. Because like everything else in life, that and I respect anyone who does that back-breaking work for people who don't have time to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. And if you have if you have the means to pay somebody hundreds and hundreds of dollars to clean your house, God bless you all day long. I'm just saying I'm too stubborn. 
I'm just too stubborn mm-hmm. to do it, especially when I know that it it can be done and I can stay on top of it in a way that works for for me and for the dust bunnies, you know, that like to live in my house. So I was thinking about that green machine you talked about. Yeah. Because we have an old dog and mostly yeah. I have ruggables, which you can throw in the washing machine and they are great rugs. They fold up, fold up. And you throw them in your washing machine. But they're not all. We don't have all ruggables. And we do have an old dog. Yeah, so accidents it, happen. And that's one of the things. I mean, I just think social media gives you a terrific way of looking at things differently. Because you're seeing people in in real time or however talking about problem solving in their own lives. This kind of, this kind of stuff. So it's, it's just really neat. Really well, later in the show, I want to talk with you about TikTok trends because I saw in Katie Cork Media this morning that there's there's a 50-part TikTok series about exes. Uh, why did I marry this person? And I haven't looked at it. I just saw the Katie Cork headline, but I wondered if you had seen it. Because you know that I live right, on, TikTok. on TikTok. No, I have not. <laughs> I have not seen that. Um, we did see. We did see company. Um, on I took I took Maddie well, I mean, a because, night out. I know we had a date because she can live here. Or she because she lives here now, and we can do that. Um, when we went into the theater, it was eighty two degrees. When we came out, it was like forty five. <laughs> nice. with, with a hurricane, but it was. <clears throat> if you have not seen Company, please see Company. It's 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 an experience that you just have to. Connor and I met three of the actors and introduced them to all of you listening. And they were so exuberant that it made me really want to go see it. I did not get a chance to see it Tuesday night. But, yeah, companies at the Fox through March the 10th. Um, a programming note that Keep What's Yours, the radio show with Jeff Zufall and Josh Gilbert, will be airing at a different time this weekend. It will be on Sunday at 7 a.m. That's because of the MVC tournament. So Keep What's Yours will be airing Sunday at 7 a.m. It is a show about money. Jeff Zufall is the chief tax strategist and wealth planner at Capital Advisory Group, and he's written a book called Keep What's Yours. That's what he called the radio show, and it's all about making sure that his clients don't overpay Uncle Sam. Jeff had new clients who came to him and said they had done that, so he refiled their taxes. He was able to recoup the money for some of them, but he doesn't want to put you in that situation. And if you're a small business owner or even an individual taxpayer, we have the day-to-day activities of daily living to worry about, and sometimes it's just hard to keep track of all the paperwork, and then March, April roll around, and you might panic. At Capital Advisory Group, they'll take good care of you. If you're interested in becoming a client, call 636 394 5524. You can look them up online, capitaladvisorygrp.com, or you can listen to Jeff Zufall on his radio show, Keep What's Yours, and get some tax tips and learn all about investing and saving. It's typically every weekend at 3 on a Saturday, but this coming weekend, you can listen to it Sunday morning at 7 a.m. right here on the Big 550. Is 1021 at the Big 550 KTRS, the Jennifer and Wendy show. And uh, many people are confused if they have identified as Republicans for most of their lives, um, but they do not want to vote for former President Donald Trump 
what are they to do? That is the case. And so we have asked Dr. Ken Warren of St. Louis University to join us because he has the answers to all of these questions. Hi, Ken. Good morning. Hi, Jennifer and Wendy. Morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Are, are you hearing about this kind of confusion from a lot of people? No question. And uh, not only among my friends, but, of course, among among notables uh, in the Republican Party that have jumped ship since uh, Donald Trump was president because, you know, for many reasons. I mean, his character is very unusual. Um, he's different than traditional Republicans that uh, from Reagan, you know, from the Reagan Bush uh, Republicans that were, you know, basically conservatives that that bought into the normal conservative Republican line. Uh, Donald Trump is very unconventional. I don't have to say that at this time. Everyone knows that. He's a very uh, strange guy. But at the same time, he's attracted a very strong following, mostly mostly among rural uh, Republicans, uh, many of them evangelicals. Uh, and according to our polls and other polls, uh, mostly uh, those with lower educational levels. So he split the party, uh, no question, because he's controversial, not only in character, but uh, he backs issues that are are not uh, traditional for Republicans, such as, you know, uh, slapping high tariffs on, on uh, countries like China. No, Republicans have normally not been for for you know terrorists they they're more for a free market so the traditional conservatives and the moderate establishment those are the people who are dropping out of the party well yeah i mean if you look at the number of prominent republicans who have dropped out i mean many of course just rank and file republicans that feel that the republicans uh, party under trump have left them but i mean you look at former speakers uh, john boehner and paul allen both you know both dropped him. Steve Smith, who, of course, was the campaign manager um, uh, for John McCain, dropped out. John Bolton, former, you know, prominent uh, national security advisor. Uh, President Bush himself, along with uh, Liz Cheney, Mitt Romney, Cindy McCain, John Kasich, George Will, and and Colin Powell, of course, uh, before he died. Uh, and many of them have gone to what was, you know, they formed what was called the Lincoln Project that uh, was headed at one time by George Conway. Um, so you have you have a lot of prominent Republicans who have just had enough of of Donald Trump and have, and have left. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Mitch McConnell, you know, one reason Mitch McConnell uh, is announced that he was stepping down. Uh, yesterday is is because he's uncomfortable um, with with uh, President Trump. They've always had kind of a cool relationship. Do you have much hope that Nikki Haley staying in the race with all of the former president's legal issues still facing him, um, that that would turn out to be something positive for these Republicans without a homeland, if you will? Yeah, you know, Nikki Haley has um, made made evident that Trump has been divisive because she, you know, relatively speaking, she attracted a lot of support. You know, she won 43 percent of the vote in New Hampshire. And now, you know, you think about that. 
Trump only won by 11 percent in New Hampshire, and he's a former president, so he should be essentially uh, the leader of the of the party running. He, he would be like a quasi-incumbent. Uh, people have referred to him as a quasi-incumbent president running for re-election. And yet Nikki Haley got, you know, 43 percent of the vote in New Hampshire uh, to Trump's 54, only losing by 11. Okay, you know, she lost big in her own state. Uh, but again, uh, Trump was only able to attract 59 percent support. Uh, he's done better in Nevada and, and Michigan. But still, you know, uh, there's no question that Trump is winning big in the primary and will very likely be the Republican nominee. At the same time, Republicans uh, supporting Trump um, his staffers would have to raise an eyebrow as to, you know, well, you know, there seems to be a lot of people out there, uh, Republicans as well as independents, who might end up not voting for Trump because they show, they're showing now that they don't support. So does it make sense that Nikki Haley is staying in? And do you believe she'll stay in until, I guess, she runs out of money? Well, I think she's going to stay in through the 16 primaries on Super Tuesday, and, uh, and then she probably will drop out. Her, she would have gotten out her message. It probably would be futile to run after that. About a third of the delegates are casting their ballots, essentially, or uh, voters are casting their ballots for these delegates on Super Tuesday. And, you know, that will probably be enough. Uh, I think she's indicated that she's going to drop out after Super Tuesday. Political science professor Dr. Ken Warren of St. Louis University and one of the most respected pollsters in the nation is our guest. If you have a question, the Royal Banks of Missouri text line is 84126. We had a text from somebody who said, I'm turning you off already. I have my Ph.D. and I am a Trumper, so I feel very insulted by what Dr. Warren is saying. You are looking at the numbers um, can you can you explain? Because I know that's an issue well, for a know, lot of people. I, you know, yeah, I, I mean, uh, in all due, due respect to this person, uh, she would be an anomaly um, or he's he's anomaly. And the reason I say that is because we polled uh, St. Louis University, for instance, Missouri voters. And among graduates, you know, those with graduates degree out of 900 polled, there's only a couple who said they were supporting Trump. And, and you know, to say they're turning me off because of facts, um, well, that's typical. I mean, election deniers are going to do that. They're going to deny, deny what is being said out there, even though it's factually rooted. Polls, all she has to do is go to the polls and look at the cross tabs that show support for Trump by educational level. And she will see that that um, very, very, very few people with a college education, but particularly with graduate degrees, uh, support Trump. That's just a fact. Can you hold through the break? Sure. Okay, good. Dr. Great. Ken Warren is our guest. 84126 is the text line if you have a question for him. If you'd like to phone in, 314-931-5877. If you need a dentist, may we suggest Baldwin Dental Care. They have a new patient special right now, comprehensive exam, four x-rays, an oral cancer screening, and a cleaning for $99 or a $100 credit on your account. A few years ago, Wendy and I were both looking for new dentists, and so we discovered Baldwin Dental Care. It's on Manchester Road in the old Johnny Mac Sporting Goods store, uh, and they 
they hand you a comfort menu when you walk in. They say, we remember what it was like to be a patient and what Dr. Kimberly Simons and her staff means. Welcome back to the Jennifer and Wendy Show on this Thursday, February 29th. We're talking to Dr. Ken Warren from St. Louis University and uh, one of the nation's foremost pollsters about Republicans without a party. The Royal Banks, Missouri text line is open at 84126. And we do appreciate your comments. Um, and I guess, Dr. Warren, people take offense when when we mention that there's a segment of the population who vote Republican and for Donald Trump who don't have the same level of education. And it's just a fact, right? Some do. There are PhDs who vote for Donald Trump, and there are people who don't have high school educations who do. They're just different groups, and that's sort of what you do as a pollster, right? Put together demographics? Right. Well, of course, cross-tabs, we cross-tab, you know, by gender, by party, by by uh, ethnic groups and, and um, by age um, and by educational level, among other things. And uh, what we have uh, consistently found, whether it's a SLU YouGov poll or other polls that are run nationally, um, they we all find the same thing. And, and that is that um, those with lower educational levels, by and large, are the ones that support Trump, and overwhelmingly so. Trump has built a great base among among mostly rural people, um, Republicans, of course, many of them evangelicals, and many of them um, with lower educational levels. Trump has very little support. Um, again, one just needs to check it out among college educated and particularly those with graduate degrees. Um, and there's a reason for that. Um, uh, Trump has attacked the establishment overall, establishment institutions in America, uh, like the media, uh, like Congress, like the courts, uh, like the Constitution. And and so uh, those with high educations do worry about his attacks on our democratic institutions, um, uh, on the rule of law. Uh, he's the only president, you know, who has uh, not stepped down gracefully uh, from office when he lost. I mean, put that in perspective. So political scientists, social scientists in particular, uh, do not like Trump. I mean, that's a fact. And one of the reasons for it is that we have a lot of respect for the institution of the presidency. And Trump has simply, in our opinion, trashed the presidency, um, you know, saying outrageous things about, you know, uh, about other countries in the world. Imagine a president of the United States talking about, you know, blank hole countries. Um, you, you don't you don't do that. I, I uh, work for the State Department uh, where I do, do uh, entertain uh, groups of, of, of distinguished people from other countries. One time I represented, uh, I, I spoke to a group of very distinguished people from Africa, uh, and they were disgusted with Trump's comment about their countries. So we we don't like uh, any president who steps up there and attacks the rule of law, t 
attacks the Constitution and says, frankly, embarrassing things. And that's why that's why uh, so many Republicans have abandoned Donald Trump. Uh, They just are embarrassed by his politics. Professor Ken Warren is our guest. He is a political science professor at St. Louis University. And uh, as most of you know, one of the most respected pollsters in the nation. Uh, The Royal Banks of Missouri text line is 84126. This is interesting, Ken, because you hear this from a lot of Democrats as well. Um, They believe that President Biden is too old to run for re-election and they are curious if the de- this is quote they are curious if the Democrats feel like they don't have a party to stand behind with Biden. So there's a little well, bit of this absolutely. on both sides. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, a recent poll by ABC showed that 75 percent of Americans uh, think that Biden is too old. Now, obviously, that I'm sorry, it's actually 85 percent. 75 percent were uh, among people who didn't like either candidate, you know, Democrats or 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 the Democratic candidate or, or the Republican uh, likely candidate, Donald Trump. So, so Americans right now are not very pleased at all with, with Trump or Biden, to tell the truth. Uh, and there's reasons to be displeased with both of these candidates. Uh, as a political scientist, I look at these you know, uh, candidates in uh, these races objectively. Uh, I call it like I see it. Now, people might say, well, I'm all over Trump. Yes, I'm all over Trump for reasons I stated. Uh, But to me, those are objective standards. I mean, what I'm doing is citing the reasons for why I'm opposed to Trump, mostly because he has little respect for the Constitution or the rule of law. I mean, after all, he faces 91 indictments. And I know Republicans out there who support Trump think they're all made up indictments, but they're not. And we've had consistently Republican judges rule against Donald Trump. Professor Warren, we have a question from somebody in the 314 area code. Please ask the professor, how do we ever return to the center with the primary system as it stands now? Well, it's, 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 yes, that's a good question. It's, it's right now we are so polarized that uh, no one is in the center, it seems. Um, uh, I think Biden is in the center in terms of his policies. Um, uh, certainly, you know, uh, uh, presidents like George W. Bush were pretty much in the center. Uh, but we have gone from the center uh, to radicalism and uh, uh, with the progressive wing of the Democratic Party, uh, you know, pushing for what they want, although it's not as strong as the right wing of the Republican Party that has pushed uh, the Republicans to the right. Uh, people in the center in the Republican Party, and this is what we've been discussing, have been pushed out and they just feel that they don't have uh, their party anymore. And uh, they feel very uncomfortable that uh, Trumpers have taken over the Republican Party. Now I read I just read an article in the Washington Post where where uh, the author was saying that we shouldn't talk about uh, establishment being the the uh, anti-Trump people because now Trump has been president and he's taken over the party and he is the new establishment of the Republican Party. From the three one four, I don't understand why the PhD had their nose bent out of shape regarding the discussion today. It has been a documented, proven fact that his popularity was fueled from the get-go by 50-plus-year-old white, non-college-educated, rural 
men. And while that continues today, he had pulled in, pulled in front of others from different demos. But that is definitely his base. And, you know, you were talking about the percentage of voters from the Republican side that turned out in his favor. Much has been written about that, Ken, the fact that you're not seeing the same um, high turnout. Um, and and we keep wondering if there's going to be some type of October surprise on the, or, or a July surprise or a June surprise on the part of the Democratic side. Well, of course, yeah, uh, the turnout has not been as good in some elections in uh, uh, recent years, 2022 off-year elections or congressional elections and and, in many of these primaries. However, uh, and that's because it's a foregone conclusion who's going to win in the Democratic as well as in the Republican uh, primaries. Uh, In 2020, though, we had a record turnout by far. I mean, uh, that turnout was was, – uh, not uh, comparable to any other turnout in uh, uh, presidential election history. Of course, not only is the population greater, but the, the turnout among pro-Trumpers and anti-Trumpers, you might say. I mean, they, the, there was enormous turnout among people who just didn't like Trump uh, in the Democratic Party. Uh, and that's been going on since, by the way, to some extent, because it went on in 2018. It went, you know, by Democrats, good turnouts, and that's why they did so well in 2018 congressional elections. It's why they did so well in uh, 2022. Um, I expect a major, you know, a very large turnout in uh, 2024, again, uh, because People are adamant about voting for Trump, and uh, many people are just as adamant in not voting for Trump. Um, now, uh, Biden's age is a factor, and uh, that could cost the Democrats the election because, um, uh, as we know, uh, many Democrats do not support Biden either, but for different reasons than than. Uh, uh, People in the Republican Party do not support Trump. I mean, they just think, simply think that Biden is too old. And I mean, that is by far the major factor. Uh, Professor Warren, one of our listeners wants to know where they can find more information on the polls that you do that we are talking about. Well, SLU is just about to come out. I just got the poll that day. We're just about to come out and release our new poll. And uh, it will be interesting, particularly uh, on the uh, Missouri gubernatorial race. I can't disclose the results right now, but that will be interesting because there's a a fascinating primary coming up. Um, But uh, SLU, uh, our SLU poll, SLU slash uh, YouGov poll is going to be released in about a week, and uh, that's easily accessed by the Internet. I, I recommend for general polling, you can go to Nate Silver. Uh, site uh, 538. Uh, also, a very popular one is realclearpolitics.com. Uh, but it, uh, another one is uh, three, uh, 276 to win. So all of those, all of those sites are very good ones. Great, Professor Ken Warren. Thank you so much for joining us from St. Louis University. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. My pleasure. Hey, if you're turning 65 and thinking about Medicare or retirement, you need the Medicare man, Ryan Raphael. Ryan's the owner of Senior Insurance Benefits. We call him Medicare man because he specializes in those health insurance plans in five states, including Missouri and Illinois. 
You'll sit down with Ryan for about an hour, and he'll answer all the questions you'll have about supplements, advantage plans, Part D prescription, vision, dental, doctors, what happens if you travel. And if you're still working and you get health insurance through work, so you don't think you want to go on Medicare, that's no problem. But it would really behoove you to at least sit down with Ryan and check and see which health insurance plans are better. If the plan you get at work is better, great, stay with it. You don't have to pay Ryan. He is paid by the insurance companies and they regulate that compensation. So Ryan's only job is to find you the health insurance plan that fits your needs through Medicare. I sat down with Ryan a few years ago. I learned about him from my best friend who had done it a couple of years before that. It really uh, prepares you to know which plan you want, or if you're not ready to take it yet, you'll have the information for when you are ready. Give him a call, 314-368-6808, or you can visit Ryan Raphael online, medicaremanstl.com. We are coming up on 1051. Time to check in with Ike Ajachi from ABC News in Washington with more on Mitch McConnell, uh, who has announced he will be stepping down. Ike, thank you for joining us. Uh, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Was this a surprise to many? Um, this was a surprise. You know, when you're talking about the longest-serving Republican leader in the Senate, any time that you're seeing a departure from his task after so much time, it's going to be a surprise. Now, he did turn 82 and announce the decision on that speech on the Senate floor. And the only thing that's important to note is that, you know, although he said that he will be stepping down, he's not really leaving right away. Uh, he's going to finish up his term as senator, which ends on January 2027. Even jokingly said that he still has enough gas left in his tank to disappoint his critics. But on that speech on the Senate floor, he really showed a rare emotional side in his remarks. He noted the recent passing of his sister-in-law, his wife's sister, uh, which he said led to the introspection about his political future. But, you know, when it was all said and done, he had made the announcement, uh, his speech was actually met with a grandiose applause in the chamber, really from both sides of the aisle. So much so that we saw Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and others from the Democratic Party come over in that moment just to shake his hand and congratulate him for his time. And very nice words from from uh, from the White House and, and President Biden, Ike. Uh, who are some of the names that you're hearing in terms of replacements for Senator McConnell? That's right. So, again, it, it is uncertain who might next lead Senate Republicans, but there are three distinct successors that are commonly mentioned in Washington. Every time you hear of the idea of Mr. McConnell stepping down, and that's John Cornyn of Texas, John Barras of Wyoming, and even Mr. McConnell's second-in-command, John Thune, of South Dakota. Those are the top three names and essentially expected to take his spot. But again, not necessarily he'll be leaving, you know, they're gonna have to have another election in a couple of years when he's done, but just for just for leading Senate Republicans, uh, those are the top three choices that we're hearing about right now. And to clarify, even though Mitch McConnell announced that he's stepping down from his position, he's going to serve out a Senate term. When does that end? Absolutely. So, again, this is just for the Senate leadership. So, you know, the Democrats are in the majority now. So the leader over there is Chuck Schumer. If the Republicans do manage to regain that majority in this upcoming November election, then whoever is the Republican leader will be uh, obviously the new leader for the Senate. But, again, he's just stepping down now from that leadership position. He's still going to be a senator from Kentucky up until uh, his turn ends. 
which is January of 2027. So just under two years left for Mitch McConnell in the halls of Congress before he calls it a career. Ike Jachi from ABC News in Washington, thank you so much for joining us here on KTRS in St. Louis. Ike, we'll talk to you later. All right, take care. Thanks, Ike. Um, this whole shrinkflation thing in terms of fast food, have you noticed this? I mean, all of the press. That- I've heard about the Wendy's story and how Wendy's walked it back and said we weren't talking about surge pricing. We were talking about discounted pricing and on ABC News, they were saying they didn't know if that was just damage control. They, the Wendy's people said, we never said the term surge pricing. You all said that, but I don't know. Yeah, um, the McDonald's filet of fish is the latest. That is, you know, that's something that that people are noticing. A lot of customers are accusing McDonald's of making it more like a slider mm-hmm. in terms of mm-hmm. size. And I know you don't do McDonald's or fast food as Although a the rule. Filet of fish used to be my favorite as a kid. Right. And why did you like it? See, I've always been a big believer in the fact that it feels like they put a half a gallon of tartar sauce. I was too young to know why I liked it. I just liked it. When everybody I, else was getting cheeseburgers, I thought it was great. So when I thought, well, and especially during Lent, you know, I mean, it's oh, yeah. such a big deal. So I just thought that was hilarious. The first thing I was looking for was. The ratio of, you know, like tartar sauce to fish patty. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, yeah, they're just upset about the size. And everything does seem to be getting even in the Even in the grocery store. Yeah. I, I mean, packages of everything seems like they're getting smaller so they don't have to raise the price. Right. As though we won't notice. Even, even like shampoo bottles or mm. mayonnaise jars, you do, you do wonder. I did put a Mississippi pot roast. <gasps> In the the crock pot, you know, there's so much polarization, but I think that is one thing that we are all in agreement on. It's fantastic. Whoever developed the crock pot should be, I mean, why aren't there buildings I know. <laughs> erected? Why isn't there a crock pot developer town? I mean... That was a huge, huge thing for for civilization. And then we could... we chatted about this recently, where they sort of rebranded themselves and just started referring to it as slow cooker, and sales increased. Why? I don't know. I don't know if it was that TV show. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but there was a house fire, and they blamed that crock pot. Was it This Is Us? Oh, and yeah. Are you kidding years me? Years ago, I, see, I didn't watch it. I don't know if if there was a connection between that. And their rebranding, the article I read about the rebranding made no mention of that. But after that happened, people were asking everywhere, what? My crockpot could catch on fire? And the answer was no. You're right. I think it was This Is Us. Yeah. I watched the, in the seconds that we have left, I watched on your recommendation, the Jennifer Lopez this oh, is what did me you think? Now. I thought it was like Beyonce's lemonade stand. Like, you know, like you said, a concept um, album or or that kind of thing. If you're not really a big Jennifer Lopez fan, though, you wouldn't like it. Yeah, you wouldn't like it, and that's an hour that you won't get back. Right. It's an hour, in my view, it's an hour-long music video. She makes fun of herself, her love of love, her romance, and why she's such a romantic and is never going to give up, even though it means, you know, she went through several marriages. Mm-hmm. But I just was impressed with how she made fun of herself. 
Yeah. And ben Affleck. And Ben Affleck. Appearance. Too. Yeah, that was, that was hilarious. <laughs> Just hilarious. We're coming up on Top of the Hour News with Jim Fairchild and more from ABC. We'll be back with the second hour of the Jennifer and Wendy show and Professor Greg Willard after this. This is the Big 550, KTRS, St. Louis. Welcome to the second hour of the Jennifer and Wendy show on this Thursday, February the 29th. We're going to get started here with KTRS legal analyst Greg Willard, St. Louis University law professor, back by popular demand uh, to talk about what just happened with the Supreme Court and Donald Trump's trial schedule. Professor Willard, thank you for joining us. Jennifer, great to be with you and Wendy, as always. Can you set us straight on this one? What is happening? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm old enough to remember uh, the, the soap opera As the World Turns, and I think we, we have an epic uh, chapter in that uh, with Mr. Trump. What happened yesterday emanates out of one of his four, count them four, uh, criminal indictments. This one in D.C. Mr. Trump has been indicted on four felony counts with respect to what is alleged to have been his criminal activity and criminal conspiracy relating to the Electoral College count and the events leading up to January 6th. So that case is pending in the district, federal district court in Washington. Mr. Trump filed a motion to dismiss the entire indictment, and he claimed that as president, he has absolute, complete, and total immunity from being charged criminally with actions he took while president. The federal judge presiding over his case dismissed that motion and said, no, presidents are not kings, and you do not have absolute immunity. He appealed to the United States Court of Appeals in Washington. And by a vote of three to zero, they resoundingly agreed with the trial judge and said, presidents do not have absolute immunity for crimes that they committed while in office. Mr. Trump then uh, was caught in a procedural conundrum uh, in terms of continuing to drag this out. So he asked the United States Supreme Court to block uh, enforcement of the Court of Appeals order uh, until he finished his appeals there and until he had a chance to have the Supreme Court hear it. The special counsel who is prosecuting Mr. Trump said to the Supreme Court, look, either send the case down and let's get going with the trial, or you, Supreme Court, need to decide this issue once and for all. We, we can't leave the American people in limbo. Uh, yesterday afternoon at 5 o'clock, the United States Supreme Court entered an order that said, number one, we are going to decide this question once and for all as to whether a president has absolute immunity. 
Number two, they ordered that the briefs, the legal briefs, be filed on an expedited schedule. And number three, they ordered that the oral argument of the case uh, be held sometime in the, around the third week in April. They haven't set a specific morning yet, but sometime the third week of April. So when we get up today on a Thursday morning, uh, we find ourselves with uh, the United States Supreme Court is about to tell us whether our presidents are kings and whether under our Constitution a president is entitled to complete and absolute immunity and therefore uh, can commit criminal acts without consequences. We will get the answer sometime between that oral argument the third week in April and when this term of the court concludes at the end of June, Jennifer. Is it is it incorrect of me to say that the that the hour that this is finally announced, I I think it will be similar to the reaction to the OJ verdict. I mean, I think it is. I think it is going to be that widely um, reported. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be that divisive. Is is that incorrect of me to feel that way? Because- absolutely, uh, absolutely, a, a spot-on observation with sort of one asterisk. Uh, unlike, say, a criminal trial, where the jury sends a note out and says, "Your Honor, we have reached a verdict," and and the drum roll begins. We don't get a heads up as to when the Supreme Court is going to issue its ruling. Uh, Now, occasionally they will announce that they're going to appear in the courtroom to announce an opinion and people can read the tea leaves. So I think um, more likely, Jennifer or Wendy, uh, the uh, opinion, the decision will be announced without much of a fanfare leading up to it, but you are absolutely right. Once it's announced, at least half of the uh, public square will be angry as hops, Wendy. And so if there is a trial, when would that be? Uh, That, that, my friend, is the $64,000 question. Um, We can sort of do a little third grade math uh, to to arrive at it. And it kind of goes like this. Let's assume, as I think most people do, that Donald Trump is going to lose on this question that he has absolute immunity. So the Supreme Court will send the case back down to Judge Chutkin for a trial. So let, let's just say that It's argued the third week in April, and it's decided uh, June 1st. Uh, Judge Shutkin had already said that she was going to allow approximately 90 days for pretrial matters and discovery. Well, that gets us then out to December 1st, Jennifer. Then... Uh, there will be what are called motions in limine, evidentiary motions and the like. And let's assume that that takes 
60 days. Sometimes it takes six months, but let's say it takes 60 days. Well, now you're out at November 1st. Uh, How long is it going to take to impanel a jury? Let's assume 30 days. So now we're at December 1st. So a rough third grade order of math tells me, Jennifer, that Mr. Trump's strategy of delay until after the election, at least as to this case, uh, has been a shining success. Said another way, the prospect that he will have to face a trial with a jury in Washington before Election Day in this case is getting slimmer and slimmer by the day, uh, with emphasis on slimmer, Jennifer. So if he became president, then would he have to stand trial? No. Uh, What he will do is uh, a couple of things. And let me just put an important marker down for our listeners. We are talking about federal charges. So if these federal charges are pending when he takes the oath of office on January 20th of 2025, if he does, uh, I think two things will probably happen. Number one, he will, as president, instruct the Justice Department to dismiss all of these charges. And number two, he will give himself a pardon. Mm -hmm. Uh, as sure as the three of us are on the air with our listeners, right. <laughs> if he's elected president, that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Now, the reason I said emphasize federal is this. He has two very significant state criminal charges pending against him. One, a 34-count indictment in New York, and another, uh, a multi-count indictment in Georgia. If he becomes president on January 20th, 2025, there is nothing that a president, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, there is nothing that a president of the United States can do to interfere, stop, block, cancel, dismiss state court prosecutions. Those cases will continue to be pending as if and when uh, Mr. Trump uh, assumes the presidency in January of next year, Jennifer. Hypothetically, how would you feel, Greg Willard, if you were one of those lawyers bringing those state criminal charges against the sitting president? Should that sitting president Uh, be Donald Trump? Well... Uh, I would, I, like I think most prosecutors, state or federal, would take my constitutional oath very seriously. And on the one hand, I would have a constitutional oath to the people of my state uh, to prosecute the case. On the other hand, that constitutional oath that I take, Jennifer, is also to the Constitution of the United States. And there's a really, really difficult but important issue embedded in your question there. And that is, can an individual state prosecute the head of the executive branch of the federal government while he or she is sitting in that office? 
So back to your question, what would I do? Uh, I would uh, probably uh, punt in the sense that I would I would take the issue to the court mm-hmm. and say, I need I need guidance. I can't be the decider. I am the prosecutor. I need guidance from you, judiciary, as to constitutionally what what happens to this case, not not whether it goes away, because it's not going to go away, but does it have to be held in abeyance while he's president? Or, as the Supreme Court told us with Bill Clinton, with civil damage suits, the Supreme Court said Paula Jones's civil damages suit could continue. So is that the answer? So, um, so I mean, is this a, a gray area? Yes, it's a very, it is a it is a definitional gray area, Jennifer, in terms of whether a state prosecutor can prosecute a sitting president for crimes while he is president. President. That is different from this issue that the Supreme Court agreed to hear yesterday, and that is whether the president has blanket immunity. He gets a get-out-of-monopoly board game, get-out-of-jail-free card. Very important for our listeners because every single cable news station I watched last night missed this. But your question highlights it. Mr. Jack Smith, the special counsel, the prosecutor in this D.C. case, he asked the court to decide the question of whether a president has absolute immunity as to federal crimes. Our listeners can go and read the order the Supreme Court yesterday entered. The Supreme Court said, we are going to decide whether he can be prosecuted uh, for any acts, state or federal crimes. So back to your question, you know, whether this state prosecution could go forward, what the court is doing is the court, I think, is saying implicitly in this very, very new, it's one word, but it's it's a big change that the court made yesterday in their order with one word. What they're saying is we're not going to limit our review as to whether a president has absolute immunity for federal crimes. We are going to look at whether he has absolute immunity for state and federal. The reason I think that happened, Jennifer, and I'm not being critical of Mr. Trump's lawyers, but their timing was horrible. Uh, About a week ago, down in the Georgia prosecution, they stated that they are going to ask to have those charges dismissed on presidential immunity, those state charges. Well, I think, as the saying goes, the United States Supreme Court was born at night but not last night, and I think that somebody probably picked up on that and said, hey, um, fellow justices, Look what's going on in Georgia. We we can't put the country through this again. We're going to decide this issue once and for all, and we'll get we'll get the 
decision sometime after the third week in June and or third week in April, Jennifer, and the end of June. Two-part question, and we know mm-hmm. we're running out of time, and you've been generous as always. Um, is there something in the pipeline that that people who are well versed in not only the political system but the constitution and the legal system, as you are, that you see that the rest of us don't see? Um, and would you trade places with any of Donald Trump's legal representatives for any amount of money? Um, take the second question first. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> Um, I, uh, as you know, I don't take positions on the air. I won't take positions today other than to say that I think the, the admitted conduct, um, in a variety of contexts of, of Mr. Trump, um, was conduct that I would not feel comfortable Wendy, uh, defending in a courtroom period. Obviously other lawyers feel differently. Uh, would not be the first time that I turned down a client, but um, I would I would do that. As to right? what's in, as to what's in the pipeline, uh, I think um, probably uh, it will be it it'll be subtle, but I'll just tell our listeners to keep their eyes open. The timeline question that Jennifer posed to me a moment ago, and we ended up out on December 1st. The one thing that could significantly speed that up is if the special counsel, the prosecutor, Mr. Smith, uh, reduces or or dismisses some of the more complex charges. So he makes it a much simpler case to try and a much simpler case to get ready to try. But right now, the judge looking at the four counts says, oh, my goodness, you know, this will take at least 90 days just to do the pretrial discovery. If Mr. Smith narrows the charges and, say, you know, drops two of the two of the indicted charges, that will presumably exponentially speed it up. So it, as to the pipeline question you just asked, Wendy, which is a great one. I would just say to our listeners, keep your eyes and ears open. If the special counsel drops one or two or maybe even three of the charges in D.C., because what that what that will tell them is Mr. Trump may be tried before the election, Wendy. Greg Willard, you are the best KTRS legal analyst. And as usual, we have all kinds of questions coming in for you. We'll have to save those for the next time. But thank you so much for lending your time, Greg. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Greg. Jennifer, great to be with you and Wendy both. Stay safe. It is 1127 coming up on lunchtime for some of you. And if you happen to be listening to us from your car and you are out and about driving around Clayton Road and 141, Look for the West County Phillips 66 station because inside is a delicious restaurant called Three Bay Barbecue and Bakery. It's a locally owned business. Rick and Carol Gross are the owners. Years ago, they turned the service bays into a fast casual restaurant. There's a smoker out back. You'll smell the delicious food when you pull in. Pulled pork, chicken, or brisket. 
They have a Philly cheesesteak sandwich, a steak wrap with sriracha sauce and a side and Swiss cheese, and a great selection of desserts individually packaged. So if you just want to stop in and pick up a suite in the convenience store, turn to your right, you'll see a baker's rack of individually packaged dessert. Carol Gross is a fantastic cook and baker, so there's something for everyone. If you would like to pick it up, you can call ahead at 636-227-1208. If you go to their website, 3baybbqandbakery.com, you can sign up for their rewards program. Then you'll get a few dollars off of already delicious, affordable, homemade food. Three Bay Barbecue and Bakery inside the West County Phillips 66 station at Clayton Road and 141. If you do stop in to eat, please tell them Jennifer and Wendy sent you. Jennifer and Wendy's Song of the Day. On the Big 550. KTRS. I read in the news Sting and Billy Joel are going on tour together, but I also read that Sting is returning to the Florida Orchestra for an intimate night, reimagining all his greatest hits. I didn't realize tickets that they went, had been together. I know. Tickets went on sale yesterday. They're between $100 and $750, I guess. When you're that rich, you could do whatever you want. Go on tour with sure. Billy Joel. Return to the Florida Orchestra, which would be kind of cool to see. Uh, and so I just chose a Sting and Cheryl Crow song that was like 14 years old, Always on Your Side. My yesterdays are all boxed up and neatly put away. But every now and then you come to mind. Because you were always waiting. I know we talked about this. What was the first concert you took your girls to when they were little? Was it the Spice Girls or? Uh, I, I the remember first one. Um, I think it was. It was either Britney Spears or the Spice Girls. Backstreet Boys was that was later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were here later. When my niece came to visit, I think she was around nine. I took her to Riverport to see Sting. Mm-hmm. And you know it's so cool to introduce kids. Well, it's funny <laughs> to music. You, it's funny you should say that because you know Maggie is pregnant with their third child. Um, she has a full time job, and so she has absolutely nothing going on. And I'm sure that she has really appreciated being bombarded with interviews and articles about Stephen Sondheim, whom I believe to be one of the greatest artistic influences of all time, not just our time. So so to have her the other night at company and to to have gotten to lay a little bit of the groundwork, in other words, long-winded, as usual, way of saying, I completely agree with you. There's 
something so wonderful about introducing young people to artists that mean something to mm-hmm. you. Oh, gosh, yes. And company is at the Fabulous Fox through March the 10th, by the way, if you if you do want to get out to see it. The Jennifer and Wendy Show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever envied another couple's relationship and wondered what makes it so good? Uh, relationships take work. Good relationships don't just happen like a walk in the park. They take work from both people. And, you know, sometimes we all need a little help. That's absolutely right. So if you have ever thought about therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online. They have made it so simple because it's designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapist at any time for no additional costs. So imagine you can do this from the privacy of your own home. Therapy can be a safe place to work through challenges that you face in all your relationships, really, whether it's with friends or work, your family, your significant other. And therapy is not just for people who've experienced major trauma. It's for the rest of us as well who might be considered the worried well. So whether you are, if, if it's something that you have never thought about before, please think about therapy now. If you have issues that need to be addressed, there's no better place than BetterHelp. Go to betterhelp.com slash JNW today. You'll get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash JNW. Do you read aloud to your children and grandchildren? You should, and St. Louis County Library wants to help. All it takes is a library card, so if you haven't been to the library lately, maybe this is the year to check it out and renew your card. For more information, go to slcl.org. That's slcl.org. So if you haven't been to the library for a while, maybe this is the year to renew your card. It's free, and the whole family will love it. Are you worried about your budget for your new kitchen or bathroom? Call me, Anne-Marie Bogis, the co-host of the Inside Out Show on the Big 550 and owner and designer of Anne-Marie Design Studio. Visit our website, annemariestudio.com, where you can use our budget calculator tool to see a preliminary breakdown for your project. See how we can transform your old drab kitchen or bath into the envy of your neighborhood at Anne-Marie Design Studio in Wildwood. Visit our website, annemariestudio.com. Your dentures no longer fit. Maybe you're missing a tooth or several teeth. Visit Dr. Bowen for Simply Secure Dentures and Dental Implants. Bullsonhampton.com. We welcome you to our great big small town of Belleville, Illinois. Whether you want to enjoy fabulous food in our restaurants, enjoy shopping at our one-of-a-kind boutiques, or you want to enjoy live music weekly throughout our downtown, Belleville is the perfect place to relax and unwind. For more information about Belleville, Illinois. Please visit Belleville.net or BellevilleMainStreet.net. Brought to you in part by the Illinois Office of Tourism and Discover Downstate Illinois. Hi, I'm Rod Ferguson, the host of the brand new show Conversations with Rodney Ferguson on KTRS every Sunday afternoon. I'm a native St. Louisan, a Marine Corps veteran, and a local business owner with a definite opinion about the direction of our country. I also believe 2024 is a golden opportunity to rectify that. We may or may not agree, but I believe you'll enjoy the conversations. Join us every Sunday at 3 o'clock for Conversations with Rodney Ferguson on the Big 550 
KTRS. Brought to you by Crushed Red. Now back to the Jennifer Blom and Wendy Wee Show on the Big 550 KTRS. Brought to you by STL Medical Weight Loss. See the Dr. Joe difference at stlmedweightloss.com. Anybody out there have a birthday today? February 29th? Is it just the power of suggestion that does everybody else feel like they should leap in the air? <laughs> I've never heard the word leap so many times, but, you know, unless it's Christmas and eight lords are leaping, but I really feel like I should leap. Well, according to an article I read this morning, the calendar accounts for Earth's imperfect rotation by adding an extra day in February every four years. It is a science developed over millenniums dating back to the ancient Egyptians and one that creates this birthday conundrum for an estimated 5 million people worldwide. The chances of being born on February 29th are 1 in 1,461. So there are only 362,900 Americans who have a birthday today. By comparison, 1.6 million can say they were born March the 1st. Hmm. Would anybody well, ever change their birth certificate? Interesting you should say that because I somebody um, somebody was saying on social media or asking the question about whether or not a lot of people get induced. If you have a due date, do you get induced early because you want to avoid the the you know the sixteen year old four year old you know child <laughs> or or I know people though who have who've been married on on leap day or in so a they leap chose year. it yeah um so yeah if you have a, a leap anniversary or a leap birthday let us know 84126 and we've had some terrific um answers to the uh the influences that we've ha- tried to have on our kids in terms of music and and theater and that kind of thing uh from the 314 a friend and i took my son to see carrie underwood and Bo bice uh, their american idol tour he thought all the screaming girls were bananas. <laughs> he probably still does. Uh, also from the 314, my daughter and I saw the Indigo Girls with the St. Louis Symphony a few years back. It was amazingly beautiful. So how did you try to influence your kids? Like, was there, was there, is there a form of art? Is there, of you know, a form, is it? politics because good luck with that Mm. if you say black your kids are going to say white i mean that's the way it's always been so but musically and in in an artistic way how did you try to influence your children or how were you influenced by your parents because i remember my parents two city kids who grew up in baltimore loved bluegrass and they played a lot of bluegrass music frank sinatra music irish music when I was a little kid, and I would hear Danny Boy playing, you know, when I was going to bed, and tears came to my eyes. I didn't even know why. Mm-hmm. You know, I was seven years old. Yeah. But, yeah, it works both ways. Uh, Leap Day says somebody from the 314, the day salaried workers work for free. Yeah. Well, I think salaried workers will tell you they work a lot of days for free. I think it should be a holiday. I was talking to Josh Gilbert back in the office about this. Go on. I just think once every four years, salary workers, you know, got to work this extra day. Why not just throw a once every four year holiday in? 
<laughs> why not? I think a lot I'll of people would vote for Connor. I was going to say, I think a lot of people would vote for Connor. Connor McCarthy. Uh, yeah. St. Louis County Executive. I just really feel sorry for the people. And and I know it's they have fun with it. Obviously, they have they have great fun with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's that's just kind of intriguing. And the last time we were talking about holidays, uh, there wasn't when it was the Super Bowl, you know, we were talking about Super Bowl Sunday and why don't we have Super Bowl Monday off? Uh, there were a lot of really <laughs> negative comments about that. About the Super Bowl. About being a holiday, but about people a holiday bring it up every year. On Monday, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there are a lot of folks out there, and maybe they're business owners who feel like, you know what, we have a lot. And President's Day, you know, there are people who think that we shouldn't have a President's Day holiday, unless, of course, you are a federal employee and you get to, you know, you get to take the day off. And I guess some non, you know, some private companies let their their uh, their employees off. Uh, from the 618, I expose them to all sorts of food. And that's, that's, that's a great point. Not just chicken nuggets and fries. As adults, they are so thankful that we did that. Um, also from the 314, I took my kids to the Muni, as did my parents before before us. They went individually. It was a very special moment. Mm. So, yeah, love that. The Muni is such a gem. Oh, it is. Um, Chris definitely would have the kids listen to the Beatles. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we both tried to influence. And not you don't you don't set it up set it up that way. It's not I'm going to play this because I want to influence my children. You know, you just hope that they enjoy what you enjoy. Lynn Venhouse sent a photograph of Bob Heil with Joe Walsh. Because they were, they were just when in they town, were in town right? They went to visit Bob. So oh, there's a nice. really cool photograph of Bob and his wife and Joe Walsh and another guy who might be from the band. I don't, I don't recognize him. Uh, when did you discover the Beatles, Connor? How old were you? Uh, when I was a kid, uh, my mom would play them. So I guess uh, I don't know the actual age, mm-hmm. but she played in the car. I remember when my younger brother discovered them, and I think it was in the 70s, and he was like, I just found this great band. You've probably never heard of them. (laughs) No, I have heard of them. That is, that's funny. And um, because a lot of people think that Led Zeppelin is heavy metal. I don't think that Led Zeppelin is heavy metal. I don't either. Um, I definitely played all of those, uh, those songs for our kids. Yeah. I don't know if it. I don't know if it took. But at but, least but it, you it, introduced them to all right. different forms. They were exposed to it. Yeah. Uh, Leap Your Baby from 1968, so she is now 14 years old. Mm. Um, just a reminder, you know, we're going on a trip to Tuscany on September the 4th, and we had a couple of people drop out, so there are a couple of openings if you are interested. We leave on the 4th. As we always do, we stay in one hotel for seven nights. It's a resort and a spa. And then we take day trips. Every day we'll go to Florence, we'll go to Pisa, take a cooking class, visit a local farm where they make cheese. And, you know, Colette and Altair Travel take care of all these details, flights, meals, hotels, sightseeing, local experiences. About half the people signed up for this trip have we have traveled before, so we're just going to have a blast. If you are interested, because there are a couple of spaces open now because somebody dropped out, just call Lori or Maeve at Altair Travel or anybody who picks up the phone 
It's 314-968-9600. That's 314-968-9600. Learn more about it. We leave September the 4th. It's a week, but then they have an extension if you're interested in going to Rome after that, so you can learn about that too. 314-968-9600, or you can go to ktrs.com and learn more. A lot of you in the Royal Banks, Missouri text line have introduced your children to many different kinds of music, which I think is great. I loved the, uh, I'm waiting for the text line to come back up. I refreshed it. The the one that said um, our grandparents came from Austria. And so they introduced us to those albums, like the classical albums. And, um, you know, albums, that was sort of like the entertainment when, Dad got home from work. The hi-fi went on sometimes. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, a hi-fi. Cocktails when was the last and hi-fi. Right. and hi-fis. And, and dancing in the living room. Dad had, Dad loved um, uh, Henry Mancini. And he loved uh, Sergio Mendez in Brazil 66. I don't know if it has anything to do with the fact that the album art of one of their albums was of a naked woman covered in whipped cream. So I don't know. <laughs> Why but don't I, I thought remember was, that? I thought it was quite scandalous <laughs> when I was a kid. I thought, oh, my gosh. Um, I exposed my kids to so much um, shovels and rope and other Americana. They are now fans. Can you elaborate? Because I have never heard of shovels and rope. Shovels and rope. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. I, I mean, I have heard of Americana. Oh, sure. Because that one movie, mm, it'll come to me. Shovels and rope sounds like something that happens in Yellowstone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it does. We're going to the train station um, with our shovels and rope. By the way, I forgot to read the quote. It's Abraham Lincoln. Most folks are about as happy as they make up their minds to be. Abraham Lincoln. That's who, I, I, I do something to love that. Abraham Lincoln also. Something to that. Oh, we're all caught up in feud. I am oh, so glad wait, you introduced you watch, us. Wait, did you watch it last night? No, I thought okay. it, I thought it didn't come out till Friday night. But I anyway, thought, so we're not all caught up. So don't no. tell me. Yeah. But if you have not seen Feud, which is about Truman Capote and the Swans, these socialites who he befriended and then wrote about, it it's so well done. Right. It is so well done. I thought um, there, you know, there are a few, um, maybe a couple of episodes that haven't met the the ferocity or the whatever level of the first couple i mean it's but it's so it's so worthwhile oh, it really is it's so well done and you know it's based on the book capote's women written by lawrence lemur who we have interviewed because he wrote another book hitchcock's women and oh, so i blondes, wonder right. if they would do a do a series on that and when we interviewed lawrence lemur i think he must have a whole staff of writers because we're talking to him, and it was all, I've had this experience before with authors. It was almost like he couldn't remember the details because he'd moved on. You know, sure. by the time one book comes out, he's already working on other books, and there's so much research that goes on to these. But Feud, I can't remember which platform. Oh, this is uh, always Hulu. the case. It's FX, but it's also Hulu. Mm -hmm. So 
I, I don't know that they could ever have come up with uh, a system in terms of streaming that is more complex than the one we have now. I think it's now. called cable. <laughs> Shovels and Rope is a folk duo. Well, thank you very mm. much for... I see we'd never even heard of... That's why the text line is just a font of information. We do appreciate that. Chuck Mangione's. Did you read this? Santana, Dave Brubeck. No. My mom loved all these groups and says somebody from the 618... Yeah, it was it, her. It was Herb Alpert's whipped cream album, which okay, that that makes perfect sense. And did we read the one text about driver decides? This is so true. No. I think the driver always decides yeah. which music. So so true. So this person says, my kids were introduced to Nat King Cole and other jazz artists because they were trapped in the car with me, and the driver decides. Earth, Wind, and Fire, and I'm thinking of, okay, so Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Anita Baker, and all of the, uh, you know, the the Eagles, all of those. I think all of us of, from a certain demographic, uh, I guess we're boomers, um, I think we all listen to so much of the same the same music. Right. In, and when, in, in a roundabout when way. When I meet a 15 or 16-year-old who loves all of those groups... I'm pretty sure it's because their parents introduced them exactly. to classic rock. Exactly. Look at this from the 314. We have a tiny cabin on a small lake to expose the kids to the outdoors. That is another thing. You know, whether if, you're, if your folks had um, an RV or if your mm -hmm. folks had a boat, then you grew up with the boating life like Jim and Patty White. They had a boat. I'm sure they in in you know introduced their kids to boating. And what's so funny is a lot of times one of you know the, the if you are exposed to something, then kids have a diver, uh, an aversion to mm -hmm. it until they get to be older and then they enjoy it too. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us, John Carney and Julie Bucker. Up next. Just to have a laugh or sing a song. Seems we just get started And before you know it